Gavaldik. So today's daf is daf Peiches, page 88, in the Heligen Meseches Ksubis. And we are going to go back to the bottom of Pezai and Amad Bez, all the way down to the bottom, and restart some advice that we're going to give to a husband who's paid off his ksuba with a single witness. And the wife's saying, you haven't paid me, and now she's demanding a second payment. We're trying to figure out how this husband can obligate her in a biblical oath. All right, which is more strict, and people take more seriously. Perhaps it's even different than a rabbinic oath. He's obviously at a greater advantage if he can obligate her in a biblical oath. So we're trying to come up with some sort of etza for him. So here we go. Omar of Papa. Rav Papa says, we now turn to the top of today's daf. Peiches. If this guy would be smart. I have an etza. I have some advice. How to bring his wife to a biblical oath. First give her a ksuba in front of one witness. All right. Now listen to this. And then, in other words, he's going to pay the ksuba a second time. Now, he's going to have the single witness who originally saw the payment and the second witness who's seeing the second payment come together. And now there's two witnesses against her, so she cannot deny having received the ksuba. But here's the deal. How many times has he paid her? Twice. He doesn't want to do that. So what is going to happen is like this. She can't deny that at all. She can't deny she's been paid. And once she hasn't denied she's been paid at some point, So now what's going to happen is, we're going to change the oath from being one about a ksuva to one for being a loan. Because you're going to say, oh, my second payment was the ksuva. The first payment was a loan. You, and he's going to be allowed to obligate her on a biblical oath on her denial of the loan. Maskeflor of Shisha Bray Darvidi, of Shisha Bray Darvidi, that's a challenging question. How's that going to work? One guy saw the first payment. Another guy saw the second payment. <laughs> it's two separate actions, two separate entities, two separate realities. What you going to do about that? They can't combine to be two Adam. Really, here's how it works. Give her a ksuba in front of both. Witnesses, the second payment, don't just have an eight after by the second payment. Have your original witness watch it along with the second witness. And then the first payment is now going to be a loan, which, um, if she wants to deny, is going to be a biblical, uh, a biblical uh, oath. She can still say, Listen, I took subas, you paid me twice. Uh, we're dealing with, he tells both witnesses, no, I'm paying this. He, he explains what he wants to do with the, with the payment that he intends for it to be a ksuba payment and, and uh, uh, intentionally turning the first one into a loan. Period. Givaldic. Here we go. Says the Gemara, if a woman wants to collect her ksuba from the chasim from property that has a lien on it, or she wants to take it from Yasaimim. The halacha is, she has to make a shvua, an oath, stating that she hasn't yet received her ksuba. Here we go. Says the Gemara, Tanan Hasam, we learned in a Mishnah elsewhere. Bechena Yasaimim, just sorry, two dots. So to Yasaimim, when they collect a debt that they claim was owed to their father, they can, they have to make an oath stating that their father has not yet collected that debt. Miman, who are they collecting? Uh, who are they collecting from? Ilema Milva. If you're going to say that they um, they they want to collect from the from the live, from a borrower, Hashtavi and Shakoblay Shvua. Here's the issue. Says the Gemara. 
usually we're nicer to the orphans than we are to the regular person. We try to take it easy on the assignment. We don't want to make it difficult for them. All right? So the Gemara says that if we're not going to obligate the father to take an oath when he's collecting a debt, the inhu b'shvua, we're going to obligate them to take an oath? We don't like that. Rather, what's the case? Ready? When these orphans who are trying to collect the debt go to orphans of the borrower, they can only collect from the orphans of the borrower with a shvua. Meaning, the lender passed away, the borrower passed away, everybody here is an orphan. Now what's unique about this case is nobody knows for sure. I don't know for sure. Because you weren't the original people. You could just say, my dad told me. But you know, this is, it's going to be hearsay on both ends of the deal. When there's hearsay on both ends of the deal, you have orphans trying to collect money from other orphans, that's where we say we're going to obligate a shua. Which, let's keep clarifying this. Amar of Zrika, Amar of Yudah, Zrika says, name of Yudah, Allah, this is only when the orphans say, Amar Lanu Abba, our dad told us, Lavisi, he borrowed money from your dad, Uparati, but he paid off. If the, in, if the orphans of the borrower say that our dad agreed that he borrowed it and then paid off, so then we're going to say it's collected with a shua. Aval Amru, however, the, the, the lender's children can only collect with a shua. But let's say the borrower's children say, Omar Lanu Abba, our dad told us, there was never a loan in the first place. You ready for this? Okay? They, they can't even collect with a shvua. They can't even collect with, uh, with an oath. Now this is going to be very, very hard to understand. And the reason for this is, we're about to ask the next question. So what's the document doing here? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a document. There's a shtar. Shtar alva. Our father never lent. And our father never borrowed. Um, hello? What's his signature doing over here? So here we go. Maskevla Rava. Rava says, Adarab, but just opposite. If a guy told his children I never borrowed the money, he's for sure a liar. They should collect without a shuva. Without a shuva. It's like he said, I never paid back. Of course you borrowed it. The lender's kids have this document. And if he's denying the whole thing, they should collect even without having to take an oath. The borrower, the, the lender's children shouldn't have to swear that their father's owed money. These guys are for sure liars. So let's clarify. Says the Gemara, what we mean is as follows. We're dealing where the orphans say, our father said to us, I borrowed money, and I did pay back. Okay. Then they, the lender's children can still collect with the document, but only with an oath, stating that our father told us he you never pay back. If they swear that their father, that their, if the lender's children swear that their father told them the borrower never pay back, and they're holding on to the document, so then they could collect. They could take an oath and collect from the borrower's inheritors. Aval, but Amru, if the inheritors, if the inheritors of the borrower say. Omar Lanu Abba Lavisi, our father said, I never borrowed in the first place. Then Nifra'in, the inheritors of the lender, can collect Belaishua. Don't even need to take an oath. Shakoha Omer Lai Lavisi, 
A person who claims, I never borrowed, when it's against uh, the, the facts on the ground over here, is basically saying, Parati. He's basically saying, yeah, I borrowed. How do we know he borrowed? Because there's a document. And you're claiming it never happened. We're going to say, well, you're a liar over there. So you must, uh, you must, he, you never told us you paid back. You said never borrowed. So now, now go ahead and pay back based upon the document. Period. Two dots. Makes a lot of sense. Give out. Back to our mission. V'nifra'as shalai b'fanav. Laiti para ela when you have a woman coming to collect her ksuba and the, hu- the husband's not there, okay? Let's say they're divorced, the husband's not there, whatever it is. He's died, obviously not there. So then she, could col- she collects only with a shvua. She has to take an oath that the shvua was not yet paid. Okay, now I want to I just uh, pique our interest for a moment. Remember on yesterday's daf, we brought up the concept in the Mishnah, of a husband advancing a wife's ksuva to a partial payment, right? The 200 zuz that he owes, sometimes a wife's going to say to the husband, you know, the 200 zuz, do you mind? Ahead of time, I want to make a business investment. Give me 50% of it. Give me 50% ahead of time. And that's going to be considered kind of a partial payment. He advanced, and that wasn't uncommon. It wasn't an uncommon uh, agreement that, uh, couples, uh, that, that couples would make, okay? So... Keep that in mind when we're, you know, when she's showing up. Whenever she's showing up to collect a ksuba, don't think like, oh, well, why would it have ever been paid off already? The guy's not here. There's svaras. There's, there's various scenarios where even though he's not here, he may have already like prepaid the ksuba, so to speak, or at least to some extent. All right. Misha says, again, two dots. She wants to collect the ksuba and he's not there. So she has to make a, she has to take a shua. Amar Sar the officer of the city of Bira says, Obviously named after Antiochus. The Amarni says, Laishanu, this whole halacha only, we only learned this halacha, Luxuvasisha, when it comes to a woman collecting her ksuba, that we say she collects with the ksuba, that she collects with the shua. You know why? Because we want to make it easy for a woman to collect the ksuba, and I, an oath, I know, but we're allowing her to collect even without him being there. That's a chiddish, that the guy doesn't need to be there at the time of the dentary. You know why, Mishumchina? We don't want women to go into a marriage or even possibly refrain from marriage when we're going to say, no, it's worth it. I mean, if something goes wrong, your husband can't divorce you easily. You're going to receive a ksuba. But if the husband can go overseas, if he can easily just move to Australia or move to some other place and she won't be able to collect her ksuba, that would make a woman nervous, understandably. So we say, in order to make it Grace, in order for marriage to be graceful in the eyes of women and for them to have the financial um, confidence that they're going to receive the ksuba, we're always going to tell her, you know, even if your husband runs off, you can go to Besdin, take an oath, and be supported by his estate. Anything that he owns, we'll give you his bank accounts in order to, uh, in order to support you. But when it comes to collecting a debt, we're not lenient in this way. The halacha is going to be, says the Gemara, 
if Reuven borrow, if Reuven lends money to Shimon, and then Reuven wants to collect the money from Shimon, and Shimon's not there, I'm, um, yeah, you need to have both Bali Din in front of us. Says the Gemara, you should know it's not true. And this is Halacha Lamaisa, by the way. This, this, this next step is going to be how most Paiskim rule, and that is, I will explain it, we'll just give what the Gemara is about to say, that the, that the same leniency we give to collecting a suva, we're going to give to a loan. Because we don't want lenders to withhold lending by saying, oh, the borrower could just, uh, could just leave. And Yidin aren't going to lend money to each other. We want to make it easy for, for Yidin to lend as well. And therefore, if let's say Reuven lends money to Shimon, and Shimon jumps ship, he's out of here, he moves to a different country, Reuven can still take an oath and collect from Shimon's estate even if Shimon is Shalai Bifanov, because otherwise lenders are going to, are, are people are going to stop lending money. I don't know if the guy's going to run off. Okay, that's going to be the Swar and that's going to be the Allah as well. Let's get into this. Rav says the name of Nachman, Afilu Bachayv. You should know that even if you're collecting from Bachayv who's not here, you could make a Shvua, Shloyehi, Kolechad, Bechad, Naitom, Waisav, Shachavere. We don't want people to take their friends' money, and then go run off to a different country across the ocean. And it's going to turn out that in the future, um, it's going to impact future borrowers. Once you get burnt once, you're not going to be willing to lend money to the next person. If you want to take this on the flip side, you see the reality of how society works in a very positive way. Very positive way. You know a famous story. Famous story. This guy's uh, going through one of the tunnels in New York and his... Huh? With the money, right? His wife was expecting or something. His wife was expecting a child, so he runs through the toll booth. And he couldn't stop. It was like an emergency. The next day, he comes back to pay. So the toll booth collector says, Eh, I knew you would pay. You're Jewish. I saw the yarmulke on your head. I wasn't concerned. I knew you'd come back and pay. So everybody looks at the story and says, Oh, Mama Shekidah Hashem. Look how honest this person is. I think the biggest part of the story is all the Yidden who wore yarmulkes before this guy. That's for sure the biggest, that's for sure the biggest Kiddush Hashem. Right? That this guy came back and paid the toll afterwards, being honest with but it's what happened previously that allowed the booth collector to even have that confidence in this Yidden. He's just, he's just kidding you. That's, that's, you know, that's a, that's a Zach over here. And I think the Gemara is saying that over here as well, you know, on the flip side, it, all it takes is one borrower to mess it up for everybody. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, all it takes is one yid to make a kiddush Hashem to gain the confidence of everybody else. It's an incredible kayach, an incredible achrayis uh, that we have. Okay, here we go. Two dots. Five lines from the bottom. Rebbe Shimon Oimer. Now this is going into the end of the Mishnah from yesterday. Let's look back on the Mishnah on Pei Zion. All the way at the end of the Mishnah. Pei Zion Amud Beis. Top of, uh, very, very top of the daf. Rav Shimon said a statement. You ready? Let's look at the top line of Pei Zion Amud Beis, end of the Mishnah. Rav Shimon Aymer, we're going to learn the whole thing together. Rav Shimon says, Kol zman ksuba. So whenever a woman claims her ksuba, Hayarshin mashbiyanesa. The inheritors can always make her take an oath. If she's not coming to claim her ksuba, 
the Yarshim cannot have her take an oath. She's not here. How she's swearing, what does this mean? What's happening wasn't clear. What's, uh, it's very, very vague. So as we, uh, we gave a little bit of a teaser yesterday, this is going to get into, the Gemara is going to tell us, the uh, estate supporting both her ksuva and also her, in a way of regular support, a place to live, food. Let's get into this. Rib Shimon Ahai, Rib Shimon's statement on the top of Amud Beis, where he says, whenever she claims Ruxuba, take an oath. Whenever she doesn't claim Ruxuba, no oath. What is Rib Shimon talking about? Amr Rabbi Yirmiya, Rabbi Yirmiya says, Aha, he's going on the following case. Minifra'as, she wants to, to um, be pirate. she wants to uh, be paid up. She's coming to claim Shalai Bafanov with the husband not here. She wants Ruxuba, the husband's not here. What happens? Like we said before, the Tanakhama already agreed with this. We explained this in the Gemara. Like Tifar al She could collect her ksuba with an oath. All right. Ah, he's not here. Mishum chena. Because of grace, we're going to allow her to always collect. Take an oath that it wasn't paid yet. He didn't advance you anything. Take an oath and you're good. Now here's where it all comes together. According to the Tanakhama, this is true with both Mezainais and Ksuba. So a woman's coming to collect her Ksuba and Mezainais. She, she wants to come to Bezin, no, either or. She wants to come to Bezin and say, listen, my husband's overseas. He didn't leave me any money to support myself. I'm demanding his estate give me whatever the Tyra says. A husband's responsible to give to a wife. All right? That's the opinion of the Anakama. She can come, take an oath about her Ksuba, and her support. Shalai Bifanov. The Amar of Shimon, Lameimar, and Shimon's say, coming to say, calls Mansha Tevas Ksuvasa only when she's coming to collect her Ksuba alone. Yersheha Mashbiyanaisa can the children of the husband um, make her take an oath that she didn't receive any sort of payment during his lifetime. Top of Ahmed Bey's. If she's not coming to claim Ruxuba, so our question was, so she's not here. No, 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 she is here, says the Gemara. She's not in the Galactic Suba, but she is here for something else. They can't make her take a Shua on the support. So says the Gemara is, according to Rabbi Shimon, they can make her, according to the Tanakhama, they can make her take an oath on everything. According to Rabbi Shimon, they can only make her take an oath about the ksuba, not about the general support. Why do they argue about this? And they argue about the getting into machlekas between Hanan and the sons of the Kahanim Gedalim. What is this machlekas between Hanan and the sons of the Gedalim? The time we learned in a Mishnah. It's going to be later on. Bezas Hashem. A person goes overseas, and his wife wants to use the support, use the estate to support her. She needs to eat. She needs a proof over her head. They're still married, but he didn't give her any cash. So she says, "I want to be able to sell this field to be able to myself." Afterwards, meaning if at any time he comes back and she wants to collect the ksuba, she has to swear that retroactively. That there was no payment originally. Initially, we don't make her swear. Now, what's this referring to? She's his wife. Is there any ksuba here? 
No. What's here? What's the financial uh, claim that she's coming with? My husband is obligated to give me money. So I need money. So Hanan's saying, for the support, she doesn't have to swear. Walk into Besden, say, show me, show me the cash. That's it. I need to be supported. But the songs that Kahanam Gadayim argued him, they said, Yishav Betchil Abbasayif. No. When she's coming to collect money from the estate, oath. She's coming to collect the Yishuvah, let's say her husband dies, he never comes back, oath. Rav Shimon Kahanan, Rav Shimon holds like Hanan, that you only swear on the Yishuvah, nothing else. And Rabbanon and the Tanakhama and our Mishnah, who holds you swear are both, Kivnei Kahanam Gadayim. Okay. So we have two Machlaiks in, one between Hanan and Rav Shimon Gadayim, one between Rav Shimon and the Tanakhama, both the same machlekes, to which the Gemara says, not necessarily. Maskevler of Sheshes, of Sheshes, challenging question. How Yarshin Mashbiyonaisa? This that we say the Yarshin can have her take an oath. Bezdin Mashbiyonaisa miboyle. See, in our mission it says that the the Yarshin have her take an oath, but according to what we're saying, the Bezdin is placing the oath. Why is the Bezdin placing the oath? Like this. If the guy's dead, you have the Yarshin. In our case, the guy's alive. He went overseas. There's no Yarshim. It's a case of Bezdin. So maybe Bezdin um, handing over money would be different than the Yarshim having to hand over money and the two Machleksim do not necessarily align with each other. Allah Rav Sheshes, based upon his challenging question, Rav Sheshes has a new approach to understand the Machleks in Tanakam and Rav Shimon on why there's a difference between Ksuba and support. Rosh says, "Aha, uh-huh. we're going on a different part of the Mishnah. If a woman goes from the cemetery, from her husband's Levaya, back to her father's house, or she goes to her father-in-law's house, which is her husband's house, right? As we explained back then, when they would get married, very often the in-laws would just add a room onto their home and, and uh, the new couple would move in. So her husband's house was her father-in-law's house. So she went back to her father-in-law's house, but she never was the trustee. She never oversaw the property. So the Yarshim are not allowed to have her take an oath, the, the usual oath of trustees. Um, so then they could make it a on her about the future, meaning after her husband already died. But they can't have her make a shua on anything that took place during the marriage. While they were married. Oh, let, you know, we, we want you to take an oath that you didn't skim any money off the top while you were married to our dad. The Yashim of Shimon the Mayor of Shimon comes along and says, No, calls Mansha to ask Suva, and if she's come to claim her Ksuva, Yashimash Bionaisa. Then they could place a Shvua on her for the logic that we explained before. You want to come to collect from Yashim? You got to take an oath. The calls Mansha to Yashimash Bionaisa. Ain't it to ask Suvaza? If she's not coming to collect her Ksuva, what she want? Support. Then in a Yarshmashbiyanesa, the Yarshim cannot have her make a shvua on anything. She's not coming to collect the shvua. The Yarshim want to say, oh, you want support? Well, we'll give you support, but first swear that you never stole money off our dad's estate while you were a trustee. They can't do that. They can only do that there when she's collecting a shvua. They can't do that there when she's coming to demand regular support. And this machlekes is similar to the machlekes between 
Abashol and Rabbanatan, we learned in the Mishnah, if you have a trustee, somebody uh, appointed by a Bezdin is to oversee the um to oversee the estate. Now over here the trustee was set up not by a Bezdin, but it was actually set up by the Avi Simon. It was set up by the father of these orphans. Yeshava, the halacha is he's going to he's going to have to make an oath at any point that they want him to take an oath that he's not messing around over here, that he's not trying to skim any money off. However, Minuhu Bezdin, if Bezdin appoints him, then we're going to say, La Yishava, then he does not need to take an oath. So there's a difference in whether the father appoints him or whether Bezdin appoints him. Okay, why? Rashi says when Bezdin appoints you, it's, it's, um, it's less of a personal thing and people are more hesitant to be trustees appointed by Bezdin if they're going to be second-guessed and having to take oaths. See, if you're, if, you're, if you're functioning as a friend of the family, so then people are more willing to put, to put their, their necks out. And friendship. Yeah, the friendship is worth it. Ah, you might have to take a shvua. Okay, it's fine. I'm, I'm, for the family, I'll do it. You're, appoint, you're appointed by Bezdin as the trustee. We can't have people starting a messing around with Bezdin's appointments. And oh, you, only Bezdin, eh, you have to take an oath. Eh? Bezdin set it up, everybody else can stay away. All right, there's no obligation to take an oath that, uh, okay. Abishol Aymer, Abishol says, he actually says an opposite svara, and he says, Manu Bezdin Yishava. If Bezdin appoints him, then you do need to take an oath. Now, what's his svara? He says like this, if you're not a friend, there's a greater chance of trickery. You don't know the family. If you know somebody, you care more about them, you want the assignment to get whatever's rightfully theirs. So he's coming on the flip side, Yishava. Mean of the assignment, why Yishava? Because it's more of a trust. And the Tanakama holds like the Rabbanon. Masla Abaya, it's a challenging question on this approach. Again, we're just trying to figure out who well, you know, what these uh, opinions in our Mishnah of uh, the Tanakama and Rabbi Shimon, who are they aligning with? So Masla Abaya, it's a challenging question. Hi, Kolzman, Shetevas, Ksuba. We said whenever she's coming to collect her Ksuba, whenever she's coming to claim her Ksuba, she takes a Shua. It should say if she collects her Ksuba. Why is it Kolzman Shetevas? Whenever she's coming to collect her Ksuba. Yeah? It should say if she's coming to collect her Ksuba. Because she's not necessarily coming to collect the Ksuba. She might be coming to collect support. Elam Rabbi, aha. The Machlekes, the of Shimon and Tanakam is going on a different Machlekes. Of Kosav law, a different part of the Mishnah, which says, Kosav law, neder ushua in the Eliyach, if a husband writes to his wife. Neder ushua in the Eliyach, there's no neder ushua on you. Okay, this is going back to the, other, to the previous Mishnah. What was that case? So, ready for this? Cases like this. In general, any time you have an employee or a apitropis or a trustee over a store, over an estate, the rule is, if you ever suspect somebody who works for you, you're allowed to take an oath. This applies to anybody. You're allowed to, to take an oath from them. To, to, yeah, to, to, make, to impose an oath. To impose. Yeah. You're allowed to impose an oath on them. They're your employee. So just tell me you're being honest. That's it. Now, this applies to any employee. Even if they're my relative. So you have a, a, a husband and wife that got married and the husband wants the wife to be involved in the business, to work for the business, make sure it's successful. 
what's a wife saying or thinking? Listen, I'm happy to help out. I also want there to be enough money. But the last thing I need is you treating me like an employee. I don't want to be treated like an employee. So the husband says to the wife, he takes, he takes his own vow. And he says, Neder ushvua enli. Right? He says, enli alaych. I'm promising you, I'm, I'm taking an oath, I'm not going to treat you like a regular employer is allowed to treat an employee. I will never make you take a neder. I will never make you take, take a shua. Basically saying, I'm going to treat you as a partner, a part owner in the business. You're not considered an employee over here. So he writes that in a document to his wife to make sure there's no side, um, you know, side uh, issues that can that can crop up uh, that can crop up later. Which, by the way, is a very very smart idea. We could just say this uh, on the outside of the Gemara, where very often when couples first get married or any relationship, any biz relationship initially starts. We think to ourselves, oh, we could just trust each other. The same way things are great between us now, it will always be. And the truth is, if you really love and care for somebody, you'll make sure that even that they're taken care of even if that love and care breaks down. For example, you have a couple that gets married. A couple that gets married. There are, there are some Rabbanim, I don't do this yet, but there are some Rabbanim, they'll have them write a halachic prenup that has to do with a get. Where they have a, a prenup, a civil document stating that if the wife ever wants a get, or however they word it, there's different wording, but however they word it, there's, if Bezdin ever says a get needs to be given, there's a civil responsibility on the husband to pay her $500 a day that the get is not given. Okay? It's a real, it's a, it's a legal document. And there are, there are uh, Rosh Hashivas and Rabbanim, Masadra Kedushin, they won't allow couple, they won't officiate at a wedding unless the couple agrees on this beforehand. Now a regular couple is going to say, why are you thinking about divorce now? We're not, this is, we're never going to do this to each other. Okay? You could think that and you're probably right. However, what you say to the chassan is, if you really care for your kala, you would make sure she's taken care of whether or not she's with you, right? If you really care for somebody, you'll make sure even when times are bad, she's taken care of. So do this now as a taiva. It's a smart idea. That's what the Gemara is happening, doing over here. This guy's a smart guy. There's no issues. But he's willing to write to his wife, you know what, this thing of imposing oaths and then and that, life takes uh, all sorts of funny twists and turns. And this is what he's writing. All right, so that's that's an explanation of that part of the mission. So I don't have an on you. He cannot obligate her to take an oath. He says, "I am not going to impose an oath." Nor can my uh, inheritors or anybody who comes after who, who my possessions come into and they can't impose an oath on you. or your your inheritors, your property, any Okay? That's a ton of common. Very, very sensible. Whatever he writes in the document applies to everybody. Rav Shim is coming along to say, Whenever she's coming to claim Rav the Yarshim, 
can be mashpi and isa. They have, a, they can impose an oath. The kamifligi beplukta abashol ben ima Miriam. But Rabban they're arguing about the machlekes din abashol and ben ima Miriam, his mother's name, and the Rabban Reb Shimon abashol. Reb Shimon holds like abashol, who says that uh, even if a husband writes to his wife that she's putter from a shvua, if she's coming to collect from the assignment, she has to take a shvua of Rabban Rabban. The Rabban hold like the Rabban who say no that if the husband ever wrote, if a husband writes to his wife. That nadaru shua ain't liolayich. The halacha is going to be um, the orphans cannot obligate her to take an oath. Masler Fup or Fup has a problem uh, with this approach to the bachlekes. He says, "Hotenach This makes sense whenever she's coming to claim ruksuba. All right, the rabbanon will say, uh, the Reb Shim will say, you could you could place an oath. The rabbanon will say you cannot if you explicitly wrote her otherwise. What about the part where she's, if she's not coming to collect the tshuva, let's say she's coming to collect support. What are you going to say in such a scenario? Okay, we're going back to what we said in the beginning. It's coming to, it's coming to exclude the machlekas between Rebbe Liezer and the one who argued on him. That's going back to the, the uh, situation of the standard oath that we put on any trustee. Reb Shimon was machmir. And he says that um, a husband is allowed to have his wife make a shvua if at any point she was a trustee. He could even have her make a shvua that she never skimmed money off the top of the household when she was doing her general responsibility. While the Tanakama argued, Tanakama says, no, it's only, it's, you're only going to be um, putter from the shvua of the trustee, but you can't obligate in, the, uh, in, in an oath on any standard thing that takes place in a household, for example, the dough she's taking off the top, or some of the yarn for the spinning. Period. End of the Gemara. We're now up to the next mission. We'll hold it here for today. Bez Hashem. We'll pick up from here tomorrow evening, hopefully from Yerushalayim. Have a wonderful week.